Hola YouTube, my name is Ricardino and I'm a wheel addict. This, this is Skate Talks number 22. And before I call my guest today, I would like you to know that I started a Patreon about a few months ago and that's it. I don't know what else to say about Patreon. Basically, if you want to support what I do, you can just go to that page and well, if you like what I do, you can go to my Patreon and just see what that is all about. Now, let's just go ahead and let me tell you who my guest is today. So, a few months ago, Razers presented their newest pro. He, he's been skating for 17 years. He is right now 30 years old. He's bold and he is not Derek Anderson. And he comes from Baltimore, Maryland. But two days ago, he was skating with other skates. And I was like, uh-uh, we need to talk. So that's it. That's how I got Stefan Bretto as my guest today. So let's give Stefan a call and see what's happening with this guy. I still don't know how to promote my Patreon. Ricardo. Yo, what's up, Stefan? How you doing? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Aha. Uh -huh. So I was just like trying to make a, a little intro for these and at the same time i was trying to introduce my patreon page but i don't know how to do it man i was just like I, w I got lost and then i got lost at our intro and i think you're gonna need to to tell everyone listening to this your story so we start from the beginning <laughs> oh man i've i've been all over the place so anybody who knows me knows that i'm i'm kind of here and there and everywhere so Okay, we can start um, with this. You want to start with the skating, or you can go a little bit before. Well, yeah, how, sure. did, I mean, how did skating I mean, go? Me general? growing up where I grew up is kind of a. You know what the funny part is? I used to go to the skate park, and this is like my earliest memory. I would go with skates, a bike, and a skateboard. Yeah. And I would just always end up on the skates more, and I think we got to a point where my parents were kind of just like, "Let's get you." like an actual pair of skates and i remember they were like solomon like teen models no way solomon super, super little yeah <laughs> like yeah oh yeah um that's amazing I know, funny funny after that video that you posted and like me being like all about it um but yeah that was like the first thing and then um like my earliest memory was having those solomons we went to a, like a local sports store because this is when x games were still on tv and like yeah that's basically when solomon got into the game too still there yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it said reconnecting, but yeah, so I remember just like getting them at a sports store, going home, and then my dad, um, he's like a mechanic, and he's really good with just kind of, you know, woodworking and like building things, and I just remember going home and him building me a little tiny ramp and a little tiny rail out of like housing pipe. Awesome. And that was just like my first memory, and we have like these photos of me in my driveway doing that. And I think I skated, I had like two pair of those. And then what I Solomons were those? skating What's, for a while. What Solomons were those? Um, they were like, they were like, I just remember them being black. And I think they were like a T model or like some, like one of the ST models. I don't okay. remember. Was it an aggressive skate? Like an aggressive skate, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I got the, they were like the soft top gray ones. I think they were like the STIs. The STIs, yes. Mm -hmm. Yep, and then I got those, and then 
I remember after that I got a pair of REMS and then kind of all over the place with, with skates for a while after that. But I grew up in a tiny little town, so the only thing that I had to skate was whatever we built in my driveway. Or I had to drive like an hour, hour and 15 minutes up to Rochester. And Rochester, New York was the, the closest city to me. So that's kind of like where I grew up skating. And, where and with who first, did you like, used to skate in Rochester? And in your hometown too? So did you add any other one? Been, uh, like Chris Troyer, AJ Powell. Um, it's funny because they're the same age as us, but like Mike Torres and Tim Adams and Dan Barnes were like the quote unquote older guys because they had been skating for a while and they were better. But like that was like, you know, the guys that we looked up to growing up. Um, but yeah, I had like a crew of, you know, younger guys that we were the same age and we'd go and stay at each other's houses for the weekend and roll around the city. And my dad would either drive us or drop us off and it was a, a really good place to start skating i guess that, that was like a worldwide thing cruise <laughs> yeah it was it was great it was perfect that's awesome and then you um, moved from there or like what? i got into college in pittsburgh um growing up we were like maybe four-ish hours from philadelphia so when chris majette opened neglected truth my dad would drive me out for all of the events that they would have because they used to have those box jams. So that was like the closest thing to us that was kind of like a, like a real skate shop. So my dad would drive me out there and like we would stay with Chris Majet and like um, Judd Larson and Ethan Reese. They all lived together. Um, so I would like, you know, go around Philly seeing these guys like right after Opinions came out and just like be in, in awe of like, you know how amazing they were and just kind of sit and watch as a young kid because i couldn't do any of that yet okay. so i wanted to go to school for graphic design um and you know i knew that the art institute of philadelphia was there and then the other closest one to me was the art institute of pittsburgh so my senior year for the very beginning of my senior year in high school my parents and i went to pittsburgh and the minute we pulled into the city it was kind of one of those like meant to be things i knew that was exactly where i had to be because it's such a rad looking city so I moved there actually three days after my high school graduation. <laughs> and what? So and when did James Short get into your life? Probably, I want to say maybe around like fifteen or sixteen, because I remember my dad drove me out to Vertigo. Um, they had like a, a session or something. It, was, it wasn't like a, a contest. It was just some kind of like session or event. And I knew who he was because of Daily Bread, and I was like a big fan of his skating, kind of like the the Norca videos, which were like the Akron, Ohio crew. Um, and I had seen him, and I just I loved his style and creativity because like like raw, I was into like you know punk and hardcore growing up, and he was one of the dudes that was like you know kind of dressed like a you know a, like a punk guy and like tight pants and black shirts and all that. And there wasn't a lot of that going on in like you know 2003, 2004. So I kind of gravitated towards that. And then he was there and talked to him a little bit. I don't think, you know, he kind of put two and two together that, you know, who I was or anything. So I was so young at the time. And then he stopped skating for a while. And then when I was living in Pittsburgh, he asked me if I wanted to start coming out to him because where he lived in Ohio was about 45 minutes from Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So it might have been, I want to say maybe my third year in Pittsburgh that I was living there. Um, we just started skating together and just, we clicked, we had the same kind of, you know, personality and just like skating the same things and just vibed off of each other. So either 
every other weekend he would be in Pittsburgh or I would be at his house in Ohio. That's sick. That's when I remember start seeing anything from you, at least from my side. I, 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 I think that's when we really started filming. I actually bought um, a GL2 from Adam Johnson around that time. <laughs> um, I'm pretty, he like sold it on BMAG and we needed a camera because I had originally started filming with Hawk Trackler. Uh, Hawk Trackler is who I lived with in Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but Hawk had a, a really bad brain tumor and he had to go back home to Columbus. So when he left Pittsburgh, we didn't have anybody to film. So I was looking into a camera so that way James and I could film and I could film everybody in Pittsburgh. Um, and Adam Johnson posted a GL2 on uh, BMAG and I'm pretty sure it was the one that filmed um, KFC3. That was my first good camera too, but in Europe it was called the XM, XM2 instead of GL. I think everybody had that camera, you know? Like that <laughs> it was, was like either that or, or the Sony. Like some, people had the, some people had the Sony, some other people had the, the Canon one. So I guess that was it, huh? Yeah, it was a good time. So <laughs> did that, and then he and I filmed um, Jolly Jolly Heartbreakers. That was like our crew. So kind of traveled around the South and East Coast filming for that with all of our friends for a while. And um, I think it might have been right after that um, that I started working at Mr. Small Skate Park. Wait, um, I don't know what like Mr. A, Small Skate Park is. What was so that? So that was a that was a skate park in Pittsburgh. It was an outdoor park. You still had to like pay to get in, because mm -hmm. um, Mr. Small's is like the big music venue in Pittsburgh, but they also own a recording studio in the skate park. Um, the guy who owns it was the one who made skateboarding get into Woodward East. Because Woodward East was originally just a gymnastics camp. Mm -hmm. um, I believe his name was Mike. I can't remember his last name, but he was a cool guy. Um, but at that time, Chris Edwards was running Mr. Smalls. Okay. So obviously they had a rollerblade night. So we would go on Thursdays and you know do the typical skate until the lights turned off with everybody. And Chris was always there. And I needed a job after graduating college. So I ended up working there before I got my first design job. And at that time, I was skating REMS, um, and I just remember Chris came up to me, and he was like, you know, you're really good with kids. Are you going to keep being nice to kids? And uh, to me, it was just the weirdest <laughs> question. I'm like, well, why would I ever start being rude to little kids that are, like, rollerblading with us? You know, that's it's like the weirdest question you could just ask out of the blue. And he's like, all right. He's like, keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, okay. And he picks up the phone, and I just hear, Kato, what's up? So all of us were kind of like, what is going on right now? And he's like, well, hey, I got a guy here in Pittsburgh that you should look into. And that's kind of how, like, everything started for me because, you know, doing stuff with James kind of did Jolly Jolly, and that was our first video. And mm -hmm. then, you know, Chris Edwards, of all people, you know, calling Kato and being like, hey, I think you should look into this guy. You know, that was just the, the coolest thing as, like, a kid, you know, who knew the history of skating for that to happen to. So I got really lucky growing up being around the people that I was around. Man. We're gonna go there later, but it's not lucky. Let's not even go there yet. Let's wait a little bit. It's, it's not. It's not called luck, man. You, you could have been there, but if you would have never busted your ass skating, and if you would have never followed your passion, nothing of that would have happened. So we'll get there. That's very true. <laughs> we'll get there later. But tell me, was uh, okay? And then after that skate park, and then for how long you skated in that skate park? So that how long was did you work in that park? Maybe I was I was only there for like maybe two or three months, and then I immediately got a design job. 
Um, so I worked at that design job for maybe a year and a half ish. Um, and then ended up wanting to leave. It just, it wasn't for me. It was a lot of like doing stuff, like doing t-shirts for like school plays and like fire departments and police (laughs) academies. It just wasn't really my, like my thing. And like, I would get breaks at work or 15 minute breaks. And on those breaks, I would go and design stuff for Havoc. I don't know if you remember (laughs) Havoc clothing. Yes, of course I remember. So I would like sneak little designs for Havoc in the meantime, like that's what I wanted to do. So I kind of like, you know, I I was living in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, so I couldn't really see all my friends that I skated with. Wasn't really happy where I lived. Wasn't really happy at the job. And then um, decided I wanted to go home for a little bit just to, you know, I was kind of missing home, kind of like missing my, you know, friends that I grew up skating with. So I went home for a little bit and the girl that I was dating at the time ended up moving back to North Carolina, so I ended up going to North Carolina for two years. So I was in Charlotte for a little bit and then I was in Raleigh for a year. That's sick. Did you skate with Will this Gordon? Is what, this is like... Did you skate with Will, Did you skate with Will Gordon while you were there? Or wasn't Will Gordon from North Carolina? Uh, I th- yeah, Will Gordon was from, I, I think he was from Greensboro. Ah, um, yeah. But he had stopped skating at that time. That was I moved in like 2010. So okay. 2010 to like end of 2011, 2012 was when I was there. Um, but the first six months I was there, I was in Charlotte and I got to skate with Montrain, Phil Gripper, and Casey Wilson a lot. And then um, when I moved to Raleigh, um, Long had been working to start Oak City. So right when he opened Oak City um, is when I left North Carolina, of course, bad timing. <laughs> but it was it was cool getting to see him kind of like work. He worked so hard to get that shop going and he still works so hard today. But it was cool kind of like getting to see the start and like there would be times when we would like be out skating. He's like, well, no, I'm like working my second job so I can make some more money because he was just trying to save to buy a building for the shop. And it was so rad seeing that. But that was like when I really started skating a lot. I was skating pretty much every single day. Um, just like the good weather and the people that were there. And it was just that's kind of when it like clicked for me that I wanted to like skate all the time. And were you skating rams back then, on, or when did you do the? Um, when did you right, right, actually, right before I moved to North Carolina is when I stopped skating rams. I started having some knee problems, um, okay. and it just they they obviously the way rams are made, I just I, I physically couldn't skate them without being in pain, and I felt bad because Kato was which rams so were awesome. I think the 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 happies that had the the big V cut with the lacing were the last ones that I had. Okay. So I had like started with the Frankie OS mm-hmm. REMS mm-hmm. and pretty much all the models between those I skated. So I remember that the open shell ones. Skating REMS. I remember that the open mm-hmm. shells yep. used to make your foot go a little yep. bit more like a Royale, you know, like bending outside, like in a sole yeah. position. But the other ones I never had. I, and I loved them. Yeah, they were amazing. Yeah, I loved the big ones too, like the, the you know, the bigger boot. I, at the time, they were perfect for how I was skating and, and I just, I loved them at the time. It just... You know, got to a point where my body couldn't handle it and kind of skated some like random things, skated Solomons again, skated some rollerblades. And um, at one point, I was, I think it was the last year of me living in North Carolina, we went to Bitter Cold and I actually forgot my skates. Um, and we stopped in Columbus on the way. And I'm, you know, super close to everybody in Columbus because of Hawk Trackler. Um, my friend Kyle Wood gave me a pair of his Aragon threes. And that was the first time that I had ever really skated. Um, Razors besides one pair of Genesis, and I wasn't a fan. Oh, were the Aragon trees? What color were those? I don't remember. Is that the... uh, they were they were white with oh. black cuffs and okay, a black I remember. Okay, backslide. I SL yeah, skate. Yeah, and already. I just I. Yep. Yeah, it was the SL. Um, and I swear to this day that was still the best I ever skated. Was that night? 
So um, it just kind of clicked, and I was like, cool, I'm just going to keep skating these. Um, ended up going to California on a trip for a job, and um, a buddy of mine that, that rollerblades out there um, needed me out there for some video work. So obviously while I was there, we skated a bunch. So got to like go to the Razor's Warehouse and meet everybody and – met Andy, met Jeff and kind of skated with, I think it was, uh, Tyrone Ballantine was in town. Mm-hmm. So I got to hang out with him and skate with him. That was not a Dre, long time ago. Then. That's Dre. when you, was that when yeah, Tyrone was, it was filming? That's when the Razor's house was still a thing. Okay. So that was like when he was, I remember, I remember Tyrone going there twice, first for the Valo video and after for the Blade again. The future. The, okay. Okay. That's the one. That's I think it was so, like that, like the like that time. Um, but yeah, like that was cool to like go out there and see that. And that's the only time I've ever been to California. Um, but yeah, I came back to, to North Carolina after that, and then things with you know the girl that I had moved there didn't work out, so ended up moving back to Pittsburgh for a bit, and then was there for a year, and that's kind of when I started doing Lumen. And everybody who knows me like knows that like I'm big into clothing companies and having them. Lumen was the one I think that was the biggest for me. I like lived off of that. I didn't even do design work for a year. See, I don't um, know what Lumen, Lumen is. So You're going to well. need to explain me Lumen. Yeah, Lumen Lumen was a clothing company that I had for maybe, I want to say like three or four years. Um, and at, at a point, that was literally my job. Like I was living off of Lumen. Um, it was just kind of, everybody remembers the owl. It was like a big owl logo and everybody loved the owl. And that's kind of, kind of was the thing for it. But I just, I've always been into like streetwear and, and graphic tees and that kind of, you know, ties in with graphic design work. So I've always tried to like design for clothing companies or design for skating companies and like bands that I like just kind of like all coincides and goes hand in hand with each other. So yeah, Lumen was like the thing for me for the longest time. And I mean, coming to today, now I have a brand called Outward and I'm trying to get Outward as big as Lumen was because I want to do that as my job. Like I would love to have just the clothing company and what be about my brigade? job. Brigade, brigade. Don't you still have uh, brigades? Brigade's still going on. Yep. Um, that with me moving recently and like focusing so much on outward, all like you know, kind of the time and money and effort that I would have put into brigade, I wanted to really put into outward because outward can go to so many more people because it's not pigeonholed into like one thing, just like skating. It's it's music and it's you know going outdoors and the whole point of it is kind of going out and living your life and not wasting your life is like kind of the whole point of the brand. Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, it's got a very specific style. So like the style appeals to certain people, but that just, you know, it's more, it's going to be more promotable to more people. Now, not that having brigade, you know, just focused on skating is a bad thing. We all just know, you know, the state of the industry and the state of the community living off of a rollerblading company is not, it's not a, a realistic thing. Brigade is more of a fun side project so you know a lot of the time and money that i would have put into brigade recently i've put into outward instead because i want outward to actually kind of you know go somewhere and grow into something that i can do for you know a very long time okay and how is it going is it getting there? Uh, not bad you know what it's getting there yeah and it's it's going to take time it took it took lumen you know two or three years to get to the point where i was living off of it and you know it's my whole thing is with social media the way it is now um there there's no excuse not to if i could make lumen work like that before instagram you know before promoting on facebook was really a thing i have no excuse to not make outward work now 
but what happened with Lumen? Um, I just I got to the point where I didn't like it. It wasn't I didn't believe in it. People just wanted that owl logo on absolutely everything, and I'm a designer. I don't want to put the same thing on different items mm -hmm. all day. I want to make new things. I want to try different things. And like when I was trying different things, people weren't into them and they weren't buying them. They just wanted the the owl, and I just kind of lost touch and just kind of wasn't. Dying. Yeah, it just wasn't my thing anymore. So I you know stopped doing it. I can't even remember when. Um, I've been past couple years. I've I've moved around so much and had so many opportunities that I've like you know gone for and, and been all over that it kind of just went by the wayside. And I tried to bring it back and it just didn't work. What I realized is when I tried to bring it back, the vision I had for it was outward. So now it's like a much more clear and concise, you know, kind of brand and marketing for outward. And it just everything kind of clicked and made sense finally. Okay, that makes sense. I'm like out of it. I, I don't really know because I haven't seen it. None of it. I need to see yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's something that I feel like okay, let maybe me just... a lot of guys overseas wouldn't really see, and especially because it's not promoted within skating like Brigade was. Mm -hmm. Let me just so check it. I'm just opening Instagram. Thing. How can I find you on Instagram? Uh, my Instagram is just my name. It's no, 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 the, the company, the company. I know yours. Um, I know yours. Outward is Outward Supply Co. How, do, how would you spell that so that can I can check it and people can also? <laughs> how would you? Um, it is, is O U T W A R D yep. uh, S U P P L O Y. Let me see Outward Supply. Let me just check Outward Supply Co. I like the logo. That's, Thank you. That's cool. I really like the look. I know like a, I don't know how you call that, like a degrade, would you say, but like a digital degrade, something like that? Um, the whole thing, I mean, the whole thing with the logo that I kind of wanted it to be is almost like a sunset. Yeah. So I want to do a yeah. lot of very kind of like graphic and simple things for this where a lot of the clients that I have for my design work, they're kind of intensive and almost like more tattoo based because it's a lot of, you know, pop punk and hardcore bands. Dude, I and love I your stuff. I don't really, I like, Oh, I love designing. I, that way. I'm so sorry. I can't. I need to interrupt you. I'm sorry. To, I, oh, you're I love fine. this stuff. I'm just going down. I love Thank it. Thank you. I want to buy shit. I want to buy like. I want to buy that. <laughs> I want to buy that. There's the one that says "Hold Fast." That says "Outward." Yep. The letters in. Hold fast to what you love. That's I kind love of the tagline it. of the brand. I love that one. I love the whole, the whole black. Is that black on black? The. Uh, is it the long sleeve? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a dark gray on black. I love it. I want I want that one Thank too. You. There's two. Let me see if I want any other one. For now, there's two. And there's the other one that says Forged by Exploration. I love that one too. Yep. Okay, I got three Thank shirts. <laughs> I'm buying three shirts. Can I how can I buy these? Uh you can get them right through the site. There's actually international shipping on the website. Okay, perfect. Would you guys send uh, would you guys ship to South Africa or if I'm going to Portugal in two weeks? I'm going to Europe. No, next week. Can I order it to South Africa or should I order it to Europe? Um, I mean, well, well your, your wife will still be in South Africa, correct? No, no, she's coming. That's cool. Or is she going with you? Might oh, be better nice. for you. I mean, and this is the hardest thing that I've had. I'm dealing with this with Brigade right now, too. With international shipping for us, it can take anywhere from like two weeks to two months. Yeah. And I feel so bad when I have friends that, that order things, even from England. And, it, you know, it takes a month because you never know with, with the U.S. Postal Service. So. Yeah. That's the problem that I have with in South Africa. Basically, for me, it takes from two months to two years. 
<laughs> oh my god no i'm kidding but the, the truth is whenever you send something from usps usps is the basically it's your national postal service right so if yep. it comes yep. from your national postal postal service once it hits south africa it also goes through the national postal service here and that's the problem because mm -hmm. i think if it goes to portugal it'll be fast so i'll i'll place my order after this I'm excited. I want those. Awesome. I want those three items. I really like it. I'm excited too, man. I think uh, <laughs> only my friend from uh, my friend from England, Toby. He's the only one from overseas that's gotten it so far. So yeah. everybody else has been here. That's sick. So, so that'll be really be cool. the second one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So we were go we, like so. You went to California. When you went to California, what skates were you skating? I was skating those Aragon threes. Okay. Still. When did yep. the cults came into your life? <laughs> so I want to say maybe, I think it was my second year in North Carolina. Um, I was riding for a skate shop in New York City that a friend of mine opened called Tri-State Skate. So, but that's just, sorry, um, is that one year after skating? So you got back to... Uh, it was maybe three or four months after coming back from California. Okay. Okay. So that was like one um, so, year after you get those arrogance. So you skated those arrogance for one year? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't too long after. Your friends arrogance like for one year. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, yeah, a buddy of mine, Greg, opened up a skate shop there, and they wanted a Razor's shop rider. So he hit up Mac, and Mac McMeans remembered me from riding for Rems. So he told Greg, he's like, "Well, there's no point in him being, you know." Uh, like a shop rider because he's already ridden for sunshine he's like you know we'll just send him razors and that's kind of how i got on it was from you know chris edwards and kato putting me on rems yeah, you so, obviously did a good job with rams you were like yeah you know I, like i said kato was amazing and i and I, I felt horrible leaving but it was literally like a health issue like my knees were in horrible condition at the time dude so i love one kato. of those like Oh, he's the best. I had, he, he, he had was, my girlfriend at the time once and remembered her. Like, just personable guy. He's the best. It was the worst email that I had to send, probably. <laughs> so Oh, I used, same. Yes, I used to skate. I, I started skating for Rams, and I had problems with my heels. Nothing to do with the skates. Nothing to do with the skates. Basically, I went to California. Uh, it was when Jan Welsh was filming for Leading the Blind. So I got yeah, my yeah. I got my Rams, the first UFS skates. So before that, there were Remedies. Those were the first Rams. And then, be yeah, they yeah. became Rams after that. So I was I got a pair of skates from Kato after winning the Madrid X Battle Finals, something like that. So I went to California. I was supposed to do something for Daily Bread, and I got his skates. I went out and skated. I was so pumped, so excited that I just bruised my heel. Then I had like oh, no. I was for two and a half weeks in California, and then I had three and days left. No, I was three days left. I was like, no, I'm going to skate. I don't mind. I'll make a way to skate. The last three days, I went like three days before I leave. I went out with Ryan Shooty, and the first spot of the day, I just twisted my. I thought I was twisting my ankle, but I actually broke it, and I just realized it. A few years later, but I treated it as if it was twisted. So basically, I got back home. I couldn't skate for like it. Man, I couldn't. I could barely walk. I got back home like on crutches. And three months later, I think I was able to finally start skating. And the next time that I skated was actually I was studying in Hungary. So I went to a competition in Croatia in Zagreb. 
and I ended up becoming second, the second time that I skated the ramps. I became second and the owner of Ignition Skate Shop spoke with the guys from USD. So he knew that I was going to have like a little insert on the on a daily bread. So the day that the, yeah. the daily bread came out, I got like a proposal. Like basically I was getting skates from Kato, which were amazing. I never had anything like that before. And then USD proposed me to get paid. It was like 2003. And man, I wouldn't even dream about it. So when I read that, I remember that I was like, I was crying, man. I was by myself because I was studying like in another country. I was in the library, in the, the school library. And I remember like I had like a tear coming out of my eyes, just like, no way this is happening to me. So I, I said like that was unprofessional from my side. I know, but man, I was just a kid. So I remember just send, saying yes right away to Mark Corti. Oh, and yeah. then I was like, oh, now I need to send an email. Now I need to tell Kato. <laughs> about this so he completely understood and he was he was I man we really can't we can't give you a better deal so good luck with that and he was always like since then oh nicest guy is this amazing seriously amazing so kato lots of love for kato huh <laughs> best guy love him so keep going then after the, and then they got you got the the cults through the shop or uh, the first no, skates that I you got from the shop I want to say I skated SLs for three years. Mm -hmm. um, filmed with Hawk Trackler a lot during that time. That's when I was living back in Pittsburgh. Um, and then I want to say maybe 2013, um, Ryan Parker gave me a pair of cults because he was all about them for his whole skating career. He's loved cults. Um, and he was like, well, if you're, you know, if you're skating razors, he's like, why don't you just try these too? And I tried them and it was just like an immediate, it like 100% yes I'm skating these this is this is great um Chad Anthony was doing um the whole cult revolution thing at the time oh it was him that's um, what I was going to ask friends mm -hmm. yep it was right around the same time so it kind of worked out perfect um and I was very very good friends with Chad because of James Short and Jaja Heartbreakers so of course I was like you know Chad's doing something with the skate I want to you know do something with him because I love him and uh it just kind of worked out perfect um, and then I remember when I emailed them about me wanting to skate cults, the big thing was, well, if you continue to skate cults, you'll never be Amher Pro. And at the time I was like, I don't care about that. That's not something that, you know, I, I, I give a shit about because I just love these skates and I have fun skating them. And that's what I want, you know, to continue skating. Like I never had something with like that much control. And that was like a big thing for me. Like I don't grind that much. Like I, I like toe rolls and jumping off things. That's what I always joke with people about. That's that's what I like to do. And for those types of things, the the cults were perfect. So I had like found my skate and just kind of you know stuck to my guns about it and and refused to not skate anything else. And that just you know for probably the past you know four years, that was like the thing that I skated. That was my skate for the longest time. Okay, I loved but, them. And before we're speaking about the skate that you're skating right now, you became pro for razors, right? <laughs> what happened? You kept yeah, skating the uh, same skate? <laughs> uh, I had, they had sent me, you know, they had kind of gotten to the point where it was like, you know, Stefan's skating the cult and he wants to skate that. You know, why don't we start having him promote the cult? So the cult navies came out and I did the promo video for that. Um, and then I had originally was going to do the, the promo for the white cult, but at the time, Ray Cronenberg had just gotten on the team, and Ray also was a good friend of mine. He rides for Brigade. 
So they had him do it because, you know, New Razor's rider who was also riding the cult. They wanted, you know, somebody new to make a video. So he did that one. And then I ended up making the promo for the cream, too. So that was kind of my thing for the longest time. And then um, October of last year, um, you know, I had sent them an email saying, you know, I kind of wanted to do more things with the cult, like either, you know, to help, you know, with colors or new new ideas for coming out. There was talk of a cult specific team for a while. Did you, you, you know, never so draw like, anything so, for, for like being you a graphic designer? Did you never work with Sunshine? Did you never design uh, logos? I've and- done I've done most of the ground control wheel graphics. Um, I did the last two ground control shirts. I've done most of the Razors t-shirts in the past like five, six years. Okay. So I got to do a lot of that, which is really cool because, you know, I used to do stuff for Havoc. I used to do stuff for con artists. So I always try to, like, have my hand in, like, designing something skating-related because that's what I love. Okay. And then... Um, yeah. And then what happened since? Because when did you become pro for Razors? Um, we talked about it in October of last year after I had sent that email about the call. Um, Jeff Howard and John Fromm, um, you know, had, Jeff had been pro for a while and John Fromm had just turned pro. And they were kind of pushing, like, you know, well, we want Stefan to be pro, too, because we want, you know, to all do stuff together. And we want to, like, go on trips together and film together because we're all good friends. And so they kind of really pushed for it. And they were in agreement. And um, I had been filming for almost a year on a video part that I just wanted to make just because. So I was like, well, why don't we use this video part that's, you know, arguably the best thing I've ever made for my pro introduction? So they're like, that's perfect. You know, we're going to introduce Derek Henderson in December. We can do you end of January. So that gave me more time to work on the video. And I made um, made a trip or two to kind of get some more things that I wanted to get for it. And then we put it out end of January is when the video came out. And wait, we are in May. And I saw you skating other yep. skates. So what happened there? Yeah, um, I just started skating V13s. Um, Are they V13s that, or M12s? I, mean, I thought they were M12s. I didn't uh, know. They're, they're, they're V13s. They're, it's the same colorway as the, the new white M12s that are coming out, which kind of worked out perfect because I definitely want to get those too. <laughs> But um, I just I, – I, I haven't been in agreement with the way that they have promoted things and branded the company for a while. And that was part of the reason that I emailed them about things with the cult. Um, since I started skating the cult, I felt that it was underutilized. I felt like it wasn't promoted, you know. While I was skating the cult is when Valo made the V13 huge. And I said to them, I was like, there's no reason why the cult can't be the V13 for Razors. You know, it's a price point skate, but it's a, an amazing skate. People love it. Slim it just look. doesn't get promoted. It's, it's super slim. It's all about control and style. And I was like, there, you know, just because it's a lower price point doesn't mean that it can't be promoted just as much. And you know, if it's fact, one of those things where it's just, Sorry, sorry. Go keep going, and I'll interrupt you in the end. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, go for it. Um, I was gonna say, like, you know, with me and Ray being the only people that skate it, you have like the two guys that are like, okay, these guys have a kind of a specific style of skating, you know, kind of a specific dress and 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 music, and it kind of like goes back to the Shima and Elliot days of the cult. There's no reason why we can't play on that nostalgia, and you know, make the cult cool again now like it could have very easily competed with the v13 everybody was skating v13s for the longest time and i from my perspective i didn't see why the cult couldn't be that way too and so many people message me asking the same thing like you know why isn't the cult being promoted more like i'd much prefer to skate cults 
And a lot of the people that would have skated cults would never have skated SLs or Genesis or shifts. I can justify so that like to you. a market. I can justify, I can justify what, why they were doing it. I can tell you why exactly. So they, oh, and I was told, I was told why too. Yeah. The, the thing is usually for people listening to this, that they don't know, the thing is companies, they need to invest whenever they do a new product, they need to invest a lot on those new molds. Obviously, whenever they sell a skate like the cult, it's the profit that they get is usually they get better profit because the mold the molds are usually more than paid, right? Just like it's an older yep. skate, but at the same time, and if you think about it, it would be better because it's just more money that they make. But at the same time, because they invested so much in the newer skates and the newer molds, being in the a new shift, product, yep. yeah, being the shift, being the SL, whatever they want to. They want to pay that first, and then once that is paid, then they would be okay with you getting the other one. But the biggest problem, which is not a problem, it's it's we create this. The biggest problem is that we once the the whole skate is paid, if if the, of course we know that it takes longer now than than it would take like 15 years ago to pay a mold. Yeah, for but sure. Once the whole skate is paid, then. <laughs> All the skaters stop complaining. We need a new skate. We need a new skate. We need a new skate. So in the end, yeah, the, for the companies, it's well, how many also, times have you seen people complain about a company putting a, a product out and like, oh, it's just another color? Let well, me tell you, you guys as don't a shop, that you know, molds cost hundreds of thousands and so much money, and it's like, you if you have a, a something that's not broken, why is a company in an industry that's not large going to spend that much just to make a new skate because somebody wants a new skate and not a different colorway? Dude, and if you think of it as a shop owner, <laughs> even changing the colors, changing the colors, it's just it's something as basic as there's Aragon 2, which is all black. And then there's Aragon 3 that comes like six months later, which is the white with the black. Which is cost. white and black. Do you think the kids... And then you have three colors of frames and no, three different sizes yeah, but do you think and the more kids, skews for the shop. Yeah, but do you think the kids would buy the Aragon 2? No, there's the Aragon 3. Why would I buy the old one? Unless mm -hmm. you make me the 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 low one like really cheap but wait the skate came out three months ago six months ago i live in south africa i don't i don't sell razors but i i love what they do and i'm not complaining the same with razors on any other brand the skate came out six months ago if i know that it's going to take about two to three months for me to get the skate that means that i get the skate like three months and then and in that time and then there's a new one out. and then it's just like i get yep. stuck with the product so it's also hard to understand that. And I've been trying to find ways. Like, man, I come with ideas. We can keep talking about it. But like, I had ideas of things that it might not make sense to anyone. But like, if you look at boards, have you ever thought that the, did you ever thought that skateboards, it doesn't matter if you like the pro or not, they come in two sizes and that's it. Like uh, Paul Rodriguez comes in a eight and a quarter and a 8.0 and that's it. And if your boards are 8.15, they don't mind. They're not going to make a board for you just because you like another size. That's it. Each model comes in one size. In, in inland skates, that's really hard to do. But imagine like if the, the arrogant skate or if your pro skate would come in a, in a size UK7, UK9 and UK11. And then the Yin McLeod would come in a UK8 and a UK6. And then I'm not saying this is the future or this is the way, but it makes a huge difference for a shop whenever there's a new model coming out they need to buy every single size it's crazy 
it's seriously hard for shops when it comes to that. It's, and, and with shops and so few shops and shops being so small now, I can only imagine it makes it even harder where it's, you know, I'm gonna, I have to get every single size of this model and is it even going to sell? But, but you know what? Having less shops also creates more opportunity and creates more. That's one of the things that I was going to talk to you after. Creates more opportunity for the shops because there's lo- less competition, which not really happy about it. I, I wish there would be more competition with me here in South Africa. I seriously wish because competition only makes us better. But at the same time, creates opportunity. Exactly. I'm going to ask you one thing. Do you know of any pro skater that has a website selling products from the brand that works with him? Just This is just one. No. And one <laughs> of the biggest things that I've kind of talked with people about in you know the past couple of months of everything that I've had going on is with brick and mortar dying in general, there's no reason for shops or, like you said, a pro to have a online store that sells direct to the consumer. That doesn't mean you can't still sell to shops. That doesn't mean that people aren't going to still go to shops and buy directly from shops. But it's a way for brands to stay alive and to keep getting their product out to more people yeah, easily. I get it. But some some companies, they have like their agreements with the distributors and with the shops. I know that tough. I know, like Sunshine and PowerSlide, they suffer with that. Like they don't sell to customer they do not sell to final customer they go through distribution they go but if you ask any of these brands i know that there is not one single pro doing it not one but if you ask any of these brands if they would be able if they would be willing to help their pros by setting like if they set online shop if they would sell it for them or if they if they would allow him to have some products and if he could sell it i'm sure they would man they they want their pros to be the best they can. And it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter if you are Nick Lomax, if you are Alex Brosco, or if you are John John and whatever. It's the same, you know? It's just they want their pros to be the best they can. But a lot of times it also needs to come from the skaters. And I'm not defending razors or sunshine or anything. It's just like, I think a lot of times us, skaters... Yeah, this is an idea as a yeah, community. We, yeah, we decide to live in that mindset that companies need to give us and that's it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, ah, I'm good. I'm really good. I do my job promoting the sport and they need to give me. Yeah, and a lot of times they wish they could give you. And I'm not saying you are right or you are wrong, man. I want to know what happened and we st- you still didn't tell me, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, And on that point, I've always said too that like when you are riding for somebody, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, scootering, BMX, skateboarding, or even rollerblading. If somebody is sending you a product, it is your job and an agreement to promote that product because that is why they're sending it to you. It's a two-way street. Of course, the, the the brand and the rider have to work together, you know, to figure out what's best for both of them. It's just a communication thing. Yes, completely with you on that. It's just like whenever they're sending you product, it's less money that they're putting on a on a Facebook advertisement or it's less money that they're putting on a on a magazine ad that no one is doing it right now but it's it's a decision they decide to invest that money on you so yes completely with you on that well it's something that you i just listened to the uh the skate talk you did with alex and it's one of those things you guys kind of said it's sometimes it's not always about you know the the absolute best most skilled guy because if that guy is a dickhead 
that guy is not going to be able to promote the company as much as somebody who you know is is in the community and doing things and is posting content and is being sociable with people and going to contests and hanging out like that that person is going to do better for a brand than somebody who is just skilled and nothing else completely with you on that best like there's a lot of guys out there just amazing doing all that i always give the same example and you know him too really good montre he is but when i mean montre man montre is like super super skilled and it's not even fair that i'm talking about him but it's un it's unfair how (laughs) ungodly amazing that kid is but imagine if montre if montre wouldn't be skilled if he wouldn't but he still is but if he wouldn't be skilled it would still be one His of personality would still sell. It would still be one of the best out there. So <laughs> exactly. So I guess we're both on the same book on when it comes to that. So how did you communicate with with Razors about your decision? How did the whole thing? Um. So I. This is something that I've kind of and one of the things since people saw that video of me skating something different, everybody's like, "Didn't you just go pro for Razors? Why are you doing that?" Well, this is something that wasn't a, you know, immediate decision. This is something that I've been thinking about for a while. And, you know, like I said, when I first started skating cults, even then there was kind of a pushback of, you know, we don't want you doing that. And I've, for me, I have felt kind of almost, I, I use the, I use this in a horrible way, but like almost like the stepchild that gets forgotten. Yeah. You know, there's, there's projects I want to do and things that I have ideas for. Yeah, but because you're not promoting the product. Because you're yeah, not promoting and it's their like, and that's kind of why I've, I I would do my own thing anyway. I'll always make videos. I'll always promote my you know what the projects that I have going on because I love skating. I love making videos. I I just I, it's something I'm passionate about and I love. So I'm always going to be making things. But when I get told to not bother to make a promotional edit for the brand that I ride for, you start kind of questioning things and. It, I didn't agree with how they were promoting things. I didn't agree with how people that I talk to view them because it's concerns that I had voiced to them. And at this point in my life, I'm making so many positive changes and so many things that are going good for me that skating is my fun time. And I didn't want my thing that is fun in my release to be stressful or bogged down by me not agreeing with the company that I ride for. Totally with you on that one. So, and like I told, and, and like I told them and I emailed them, it's, you know, Jeff Akers has been absolutely amazing the whole time that I've ridden for them. You know, he's always sent me things if I needed them, always on point, but I just didn't agree with the way things were being done. And from what I saw after going pro, being pro for them, for me, it might be different for Jeff, it might be different for John or Derek Henderson. For me, it literally changed nothing. If anything, things for me got worse there being pro. You know, they're asking us for content. I'm giving them content. It's not getting posted. And I know I wasn't the only writer that felt that way. You know, uh, it's just one of those things where if I'm going to be involved and in working that hard for somebody, I want to be appreciated, uh, appreciated by them. It's It's knowing your worth. And I felt that for all the time and effort that I put in, I wasn't getting it back. So between that and just me wanting to, you know, I want to, I, skating is fun. I want to have fun. And like, if I make something for you, 
being a writer, I, I would hope that you would post it and not say, don't bother. Okay, I get it. It makes total sense what you're saying. And did you ever thought about going for other company or it was just, you, like you said, you just want to do your own thing and not bother about representing anyone or you think like, do you feel like you need to have another company so that you have a goal or something? Or that's the reason why you also have Brigade so you can, you can put your content into something? Yeah, like I said, skating for me, I love it so much and I'm so passionate about it. And anybody that knows me in skating knows how much I love it and how much I love doing it. I will never stop skating. I'll never stop making videos. I love filming and editing. That's something I'm always going to do. If I do it for a company, great. If I do it for myself, great. It's going to happen no matter what. The thing with me and Razor specifically, I just needed to stand up for myself because I felt that I wasn't being appreciated the, the way I should have been and I didn't agree with the way things were being done. And, and that's nothing against them as a brand. That's nothing against me not appreciating them turning me pro because that's a big deal. It's a very big deal. You know, as kids growing up, we all wish for that to happen. And I was so very excited to have that happen. But right now in my life, the way I'm doing things and the way they're operating just doesn't coincide. So for me, I would have rather just left, done my own thing, skate whatever I want to skate and just have fun and make stuff and not stress about it. Okay. What do you think? Do you think that the number of riders that they have would make a, a difference would be like one of the reasons why that was happening to you? Uh, for me personally, I think it was, and this is, like I said, I, I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit on them because it was, you know, riding for them was amazing. I still love the call. You know, they're, they're not horrible people. It's just, I didn't, you know, we are, our, our visions of things didn't coincide in the line. For me, I felt like if you're going to introduce this new pro team as a core aggressive company, that pro team should be what is selling your skates. You know, if, if you're a company that is based on, you know, tricks and videos and, and not relying on speed skating or fitness skating to make your money, your pro team and the videos and content you should that you put out should be the number one thing that is selling your skates. And I felt like they just kind of wanted to do the bare minimum and didn't want the pro team to really be a pro team. You know, a, a few of us had talked about doing projects together and, you know, flying to meet up with each other and, you know, trying to, and we were just trying to come up with all these cool rad things because we were all excited that this was like, you know, this, this new pro team that they announced and it just nothing we said to them they, they wanted to do or were excited about. And it was like one thing after another of just kind of like, no, don't bother. Or like, no, we're not going to do that or we can't do that. And for us, it was kind of like, well, why, why bother then? You know, if, if everybody's going to be on the same level there, then why announce a new pro team kind of thing? Do, do you think if, if you would start pushing a little bit more with the big wheels, because, of course, Razors is going a little bit into that route because it's the way to go for some companies to make a little bit more profit. Do you think if you would have gone that way, would have been different for you? There would have been more opportunity for um, you inside I, of that? You know what? I, I think that... Like I said, for me at this point in my life, I think that no matter what, I probably would have 
ended up at some point leaving regardless. And like I said, I don't want to seem like I'm bad talking them. I don't want people to not buy razors because they're great skates. I love them. They were amazing. But I just don't agree with the way things are run. And I didn't feel appreciated. And instead of just staying to stay and get free skates, I would have much rather stand my ground and stay true to my ethics and, and do my own thing and have fun skating and not stress about it. Okay. That makes sense. But, and the reason why you're not trying other skates is because you've been skating the same brand for a long time and you kind of feel like you need a change or is there anything else? Do you have any, op is there um, any? I mean, obviously if I wasn't gonna, if I was gonna stop, you know, skating the razors, I was gonna have to find something else. And I've tried a few things over the past maybe month of just kind of, you know, figuring out what I was gonna do next and what I was gonna skate next. Because obviously having a, a skate that I love and is comfortable is important because when I go skate, I want to have fun. I don't want to, you know, I don't want it to be annoying or stressful. Like that's my fun time. That's what I love to do. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying different things. And so far the V13 M12, you know, boot is the closest thing I've found to a cult and I'm having a blast in it. So I tried adapts. They just weren't for me. Um, was thinking about trying rollerblades and you know, when it came down to it, I was like, you know, I, I grew up skating, um, M12s during the face the music era and then just the closest thing to a cult in my opinion and I've been having fun in them so that's that's all that matters to me so I'm comfortable it, and I'm having fun is that the reason why you said that you you really want to get the M12s the new ones oh yeah I mean I'm I'm skating I have a, a pair of beat up white size 10s and a pair of used eight nines and I'm kind of trying to find my sizing and then obviously you know if I like the the boot I would like to get uh you know a new pair so I've got crates set aside that I'm gonna skate when I get the new boot and got brand new wheels set aside so when I get them it's a, a whole brand new setup so I'll be set for a few months <laughs> okay what else skating wise what other stuff out there would you like to try now that you've been skating for a long the time with the same do you want to try yeah, any and you know what's funny i and i i kind of was having this conversation with people it's like it's like well, what are you thinking about and i was like literally nothing interests me like there was nothing there was i think i lost you there i'm gonna call you again Yo, <laughs> I don't know what's happening Yo, here. <laughs> yes, uh, you were saying that literally nothing interests you. Yeah, there was just, and I was kind of having this conversation with friends because we were talking about, you know, how many brands we've lost and how few skates. Now that there are, there's not choices out there. But for me personally, there was just not a lot that I was interested in. Um, I wanted to try adapts. I wanted to try the, the M12 V13 boot. And the only other thing that I'd be interested in trying is the, uh, the rollerblade new Jack. Mm -hmm. But now that I've skated the, you know, I've got a pair of V13s and I'm enjoying them. I think I'm, I'm good for a while. And the damn skates, so, aren't you curious to try them? Yeah. Um, I'm good friends with Russell day. Um, I asked, him if he you know knew of anybody that had any or if he had any old ones and he mailed me a pair of um boots that he had ridden on for a year or so so they're kind of already broken and they just they, they weren't for me i need a, a tight plastic boot to my foot 
I just, you know, the, the cult was the, the best skate for me and the, you know, the M12 and the, and the damn boot. skates. What about the damn skates? <laughs> I'm in between an eight and a nine and the sizing for them's just is, it looks off for my foot. Cause they're the, you know, they do the, the seven, eight, nine, 10. I feel like the, the nine, 10 is going to be too big and the seven, eight is going to be too small. So, okay. You might need to try them too. And what about the ANs? Have you thought about the ANs? I have absolutely, that was one of the ones I have no interest in. <laughs> It's just not, I don't, I, I like skating in our rocker and I just, I, there's no interest from me for any of the USD skates, just nothing that, nothing that looks interesting to me. Yeah, just not my thing. So, perfect. So, someone now I'm gonna go with some of the questions that some people made through Facebook. Someone said something about once the the whole Valo Jandalu came out, you were one of the first ones to say that people should support. Um, oh, I remember the exact comment that I said too. Okay, it was, you can say it. Um, and, and this was and this was before. Um, and th I don't know if John was super smart about marketing this the way he did, but people were freaking out. Well, let's be honest. People were freaking the <laughs> fuck out when that happened. Because it he made from, it first, like you know, the brand is that. And then the yeah, next, yeah, <laughs> I mean, which, Hey, if that's how he wanted to market it. Great idea. because people were going nuts over it, but it was, you know, okay. Valo's dead. And everybody's like, holy shit, our lives are over. Roll of winning is going to be dead forever like that attitude and then immediately Rosie's posting like hey we have the V13 and without us or the, the M12 without us hearing what had happened and I, I remember my comment specifically because Face the Music is my favorite video Charles Dunkel and Ollie Short are my favorite skaters I said uh, no Dunkel no Julio no care because <laughs> anybody who knows me knows that I love memes and being sarcastic and I just I don't take a lot of things seriously I like ha having fun so, you know, after hearing, you know, everything that John said and, you know, everything, it was never, I had friends from Columbus that are like diehard Dallas supporters that were like, no, fuck that. Don't buy those. And, you know, <laughs> I just skated in Columbus with a pair of V13s and they're like, oh, you're going to get the Rosies? And I'm like, yeah, I probably will buy them when they come out because I'm enjoying skating these. And they're like, oh, 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 oh. come on, dude. <laughs> you know, doing that whole thing, which. My whole uh, thing is but, I just want to skate what's what's fun and comfortable. So and I'm enjoying them right now. Dude, they're coming out with a sick team. Huh? They're gonna be like Roach is gonna have a sick team. Until now, like the two skaters that they announced, they're both super super sick. It's... I have said for the past five years, the like since SSM and kind of Nim, you know, passed away and were gone, that whoever picked up Joe was a genius, and I didn't understand why nobody had up until this point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I knew. I know that awesome. he he tried a lot of skates and he skated with a lot of. Probably like, just wasn't feeling him. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I know he skated for USD before. I also know. I think he skated. He skated for SSM. I think he skated also for Razors before. But I don't really know what happened. Maybe he wasn't just feeling any of the skates. Hey, you you just you got to skate what you're comfortable with and what you like. That's why when you know people are stocking up on shadows. I'm completely understanding because if that's your thing, that's your thing. Like if that's what, what makes skating fun for you, stock up on them and keep skating. Them. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I understand. Like it's kind of like 
the same with Solomon. Some people don't understand what I, when I mean that. It, I totally get when people skate with older skates, and I you don't use that as an example. Obviously, the the thing is what I what I mean by that. It, I keep saying the same. It's like we need to support as much as we can the brands that are trying to do everything they can. Even like it's that like are we still said before, existing now, trying to do things yeah, for us now. Exactly, man. It's like if you're gonna be skating like. I understand that you like an older model from USD as an example. You like the, the classic drones. They don't make the classic drones anymore. Obviously, if you, might, if you buy a classic drone, the money's not going for the brand anymore. They don't even have the stock of it. I'm not telling you exactly. not to buy them. You, that's what you love. That's what you love. It's not up to me. What I mean is like... But the cool thing about that is you can buy frames now. You can yeah, buy wheels course. and keep putting... You know what I mean? Like you can continue to support... Yeah, shops of course. and brands you that are existing now trying to do things for us. And it's the same with Salomons too. It's just what I mean by this is like try to support as much as you can the companies that are doing everything they can for us. That's it. It's just Which I feel like that was the point of your video, but yeah. because you use Salmon as an example, people <laughs> kind of latched onto that instead of realizing the whole thing. And I even posted it. But it you was, know, it was kind of a shit storm. It was kind of a shit storm <laughs> on my page when I posted it because the whole point of it was not Salmon specifically. The whole point of that video was, <laughs> hey, you know, obviously our community is getting smaller. Obviously there's less and less brands. We should be supporting those that are still around. <laughs> but it was funny because the day after, then there was a thing that uh, John announced the end of Valo. So like, oh, he knew it. He knew it. Oh, oh it was <laughs> right after that, wasn't it? Dude, <laughs> the, the, the Armageddon social media week of rollerblading. Yeah, everyone chose the, the time before Winter Clash to put the bombs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. hey, like I said, if but that was, now that, that was brings us to plan, marketing. Damn good marketing. But that's what I was going to say. Damn now that brings marketing. us to marketing. When it comes Super to marketing, smart. when it comes to marketing, that's the video that I just put out. So basically, these, yes, which I just watched before this. Yeah, the skate talk should be out tomorrow, and which is Thursday. Uh, no, it's going to be out Thursday because tomorrow I need to put the video with Be Free, which I still don't know if I can do the trick. I'm going to skate after this, but. The sketch, this skate talk should be coming out on Thursday in Europe. Yeah, anyway, it should be out on Thursday, and this is being recorded on a Tuesday. And the reason why I made that video that I just put out today, which is like the social media thing, it's and one of the reasons it's what you posted on Facebook, because you posted that video and you asked, what, would, what was my opinion? Why didn't that video have yeah, more views? Yeah, that was something that I had been wanting to ask for, you know, kind of skating in general about full full video parts and YouTube and kind of, you know, how people feel about the Instagram trend. And I know with everything you do, kind of being like our resident, you know, YouTuber, how you felt about it. Because it's, it's an interesting topic right now. Dude, and I can tell you that uh, who's doing, like, who posted that video is doing amazing. And that's Adam Johnson. Adam Johnson has been like... Obviously, he knows about the YouTube algorithm, and you see it the way he's been posting, because there's he does that's, a great job with social media and Instagram stories. Yes, amazing, and, he, and he does all those um, the, the mails that you get every single month. Yep, yeah, which the, that's half the time when I find out about dead stuff, it's it's through there, you know. It's, yeah, it's amazing. That's it, what he's doing. It's amazing, and again, he knows what he's doing when it comes to posting like on on YouTube and all that. I'll be talking about more of that but obviously a post a post like that when you get the same video and that's the video that i just put it out today 
when you get some content that comes from Google or from YouTube, because YouTube is Google, and you post it on Facebook, it's not going to get the views. You mm-hmm. need to find... I know bands deal with that a lot. Bands have that problem when they post a new album or, or something. It doesn't get to all of their fans. No, nah, man. And there's, there's a few reasons. There's a few reasons. First, it's, it's coming from competition, basically. They're both fighting all the time. They, they both want to make money. It's their businesses. So if you post something on Facebook, they want you to post the content optimized for Facebook. And usually... 90%, I would even say more than 90% of the people on on Facebook are through their mobile devices. So mm-hmm. your video, that's yeah, one of the things. they want to stay native in their platform. They don't, they don't want it yes. to go to another platform. And they want to stay native inside of theirs. And that's why your video, the video that you posted yesterday with the Rochi skates, Roaches, like people don't like when I they say roaches. So, <laughs> so that's why when you posted a video with the roaches skates, they the video did so good because you made like a square aspect ratio one per one. That's more mobile friendly, and it would be even better for 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 Facebook if it was instead of being nineteen twenty per ten eighty, if it would be ten eighty per nineteen twenty. Almost like a story because that would show a lot more. You know when you just scroll down on Facebook? Yeah, you're not scrolling with your phone sideways. Exactly. But when you're scrolling down, but check this, when you're scrolling down, if you make a a landscape video, which is the regular HD, there will be just a tiny bit of image. But if it's a square, the image will be a lot bigger on your phone. And if it's a portrait, it's going to be even bigger. So while you're scrolling down, there will be a lot more time with that whole image going through your in front of your eyes. So there's a lot more possibility. You don't even need to press on it because it starts playing by itself usually. So while you're just scrolling, you're already watching the video. Do you know what I'm? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So if you and post this is natively, that I think about all the time. Yeah, but if you post natively on Facebook with that type of aspect ratio, usually you have uh, it's going to do a lot better, but. At the same time, if you're going to post on Facebook, a link from YouTube, there will... Isn't going to be seen as much. Man, just scroll down a YouTube link and check how small it is. Basically, they're going to use the old landscape image. And then in that landscape image... Oh, it's, it's a straight up thumbnail. It's so tiny. No, no, no. Check. In that landscape image, they're going to put the, the title, the text on mm-hmm. the right, and then a really, really tiny square where you can see yep. the thumbnail. No one presses on it. And the algorithm, what the algorithm does is, unless you mask the link, and I'll tell you how you do that, that link masking, unless, unless you mask the link, they will not show that to other people. But you can, the best way for you to, to post a, Facebook, a YouTube video on Facebook would be making a little teaser like you did a square or a portrait video short video that will play but like choose the best parts and then make a call to action for people to go and check your video on your youtube yes basically you put that, a little something piece. that i did the past year yes. with a lot of the video parts that i made but now check this the, i would make a trailer for instagram of like hey i have a new part out now the link is in my bio because why yes, are you but even the link that you put in your bio the link that you put in your bio or the link that you put in on your Facebook, that link needs to be masked. And I will, I'll, 
what is masking a link? Basically, there's this website called Bitly. If you put that link and create an, another link from this website, I don't know if I'm explaining it right. Basically, uh, is that like would that be like using tiny URL? Yes, it's like a, a Google shortener, something like that, yes. like a link shortener. Basically, yeah, yeah, that's you avoiding that Facebook or Instagram recognizes that link as the competition coming from another platform from a competition platform it's not coming from another platform exactly. it's like the competition so if it's if that link is masked that way then they will still promote it they will still show your profile or they will still show the post but if you don't do that they will do everything they can and they they want and then they want your post to do great because if you post it right you'll get a message like a day or two later, just saying your post did great. Hey, boost this post. <laughs> yes, your post is doing great. If you if you pay us, we can keep boosting it. You can yeah, you can get more because <laughs> that's how they make their money, man. So yeah, and it's understandable. And that's something that I deal with with Outward, and that's kind of why I'm so interested. And in, you know, the social media marketing is that's the new thing. Like you, that's if you are a business, you have to get on board. Like it's not a fad. It's not something that's and it's going to go away anytime. That and that's you why I'm so interested in learning, dude. And it's something that you know what? It's constantly changing. If you think that you're going to university and you're going to learn it and you're going to be the best at it, sorry. By the time you're out, it's going to be completely different, <laughs> man. I'm going to tell you about YouTube. YouTube, like they have around 100 official changes per year. And per change, they tested like in beta about 10 times. That means that in one year, there's about 1000 changes, little things that we don't even know in the algorithm. Now, imagine like in one year, the whole platform can be completely different. So a few years ago, like I can tell you that just an, a little example. When I first started uploading on on Facebook was about 15, 16 months ago. All you would need it was just to press a button and you would be able to monetize your videos. Then, a few months later, they said, from now on, you need to have 100 subscribers if you want to monetize your videos. Yes, I remember people freaking out about that. And now, it's 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours um, viewed for you to be able to monetize, and this is this is YouTube. I'm I'm obviously a lot more into YouTube, even if my job is mainly Facebook. But the thing is, all these things you need to be constantly getting informed. And now I'm starting to get also a lot into LinkedIn because it's like for business and for work it's needed. But these things, like you, the way I see it is, you do all these because you need it for work. But at the same time, you can take advantage of this for your passions. And it's a way to help what you exactly. love. It's a way to help what you really love. So, <sighs> okay, let's move away from this one. Let me see what else we got here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you, I, you and I could be on that subject all day. Dude. We're all super interested in. <sighs> it's just like, I can stay, I can talk about this forever. It's just one of those things. Okay, let's see what we got here. What, let's see, let's see, let me go down. I'm, as you can see, I'm obviously not the best at planning. I've been like, over the last weeks, it's been crazy for me. Uh, 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 how did you got into, didn't you start working for some music companies or like, what happened I've been there? doing uh, freelance design for, for bands for a very long time. Um, and then, well, I was living in Baltimore 
the first time I got a job offer to be um, a graphic designer for a big bodybuilding company that I was a fan of. Mm-hmm. They were like an indie clothing company and they made, you know, tons and tons of money and they had their own warehouse and like other companies and like a car racing team. Um, and I think somebody may have asked about that, but I did that for about a year. Um, and that didn't work out. The, the owner kind of didn't want somebody aside from him doing design work. And actually, funny thing is I actually talked to him last night. Um, it was the first time he and I had like talked outside of like a random Facebook message in a while. Um, um, but you know, it's just one of those things where he, it was his company. He wanted to do his own thing. I had a different design style and it didn't work out. So, um, me yeah. leaving there is actually why I ended up in Columbus. So, and how does a graphic designer deals with that? Not like, cause you said already, because you weren't agreeing with razors, you ended up, you decided leaving, but how, how is it for you? Cause it's your job. If someone asks you to do something, cause you, you have obviously the technical skill, but sometimes How can you get creative when you don't really feel it, if you know what I'm saying? It's, that's exact, and that's exactly what the situation. Um, and it, it's not a bad thing. It was his brand. And he wanted the designers he had on staff to design in his old style. But the whole reason they had brought me in was to design things in my style and kind of move the brands in a, a new direction. And that never happened. They just wanted to kind of stick to what they did. So there was like times when they had me do other things and they had me managing the gym for a little bit like doing social media for the gym and that was something that i had never done before was like you know managing a social media uh you know accounts for a company so i didn't know what i was doing and just both of us kind of came to the conclusion that like you know we we loved working with each other but my style was different than what they wanted so he even said to me like you know i'm holding you back you know you you need to be doing what you need to do and it's pointless for you to stay here when we don't need you So, <laughs> so you ended up just deciding it's not your thing and you're out. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, we, he, we left on good terms. It wasn't, I didn't get fired or anything. Gave me severance and the severance helped me start a brigade and helped me move to Columbus. And they're super rad. They like just had a TV show and like all this crazy stuff. And his wife is uh, the number one female bodybuilder in the world. It was a very cool, like, a very cool and weird year of my life being in, involved with that industry but were you, know, you into, at the time were you into it, training was, did you start yeah i'm i'm actually super into fitness um and that was part of the reason that i knew about that brand and while i was there i got huge obviously um but yeah fitness is like a super big part of my life um i started lifting maybe three years before i started working there Mm-hmm. So I try to get to the gym at least five times a week. It's just kind of like another outlet like skating where it's, you know, you're pushing yourself physically and it's like a mental release and you always feel better after and you feel better about yourself. And it's just another thing of mine that I love to do. So describe us a Brandon, uh, Stefan Brandon day. What do you, what's, what's a day like in your life? So it always changes because every year I'm living somewhere different <laughs> right now. Um, I'll wake up usually 7.30 or 8. Um, I'll get coffee and a bagel. And then I'll head to the gym at about 10, 10.30. Um, lift for anywhere from a half an hour to an hour, kind of depending on you know what's going on that day or what I've got going on that week. Like If I know I'm going to skate all weekend, I'm not going to do – legs you know two times that week because then i'll be dead for skating that weekend and then i'll 
be done at like 1130, have lunch. And then that's usually when I'll start doing design work if I have design work. Okay. And when does the skating come? Pretty skate? much it. How, how often uh, do you skate? It's been weird because I just moved to Columbus a month ago. Um, or not Columbus, Jesus. I've moved from Columbus to Baltimore um, a month ago. So I've still been like unpacking and getting things around. Um, and then me trying to find skates was weird. So there was like a two week period where I didn't skate and then I got skates and then I didn't, I got those adapts and I just wasn't feeling them. So there was like a weekend where I didn't skate, but now that I've got, um, you know, the V13 M12 boot, um, probably going to start skating a lot. Um, a lot of the guys here, you know, skate on Thursdays. So probably Thursdays and Sundays will be the skate days. And my best friend still lives here. Um, he has filmed most of my videos, um, either him or Hawk. Um, are the people who have always filmed me and he still lives here. Um, he was going to be moving to California, but he's luckily going to be staying for another year. So he and I try to go out when he gets out of work at two or three in the afternoon or we go out on weekends and I got a pretty good situation. It's, there's not as many people that skate here as Columbus, but the people that skate here at least communicate of like, Hey, I'm free on Tuesday. Is anybody skating or Hey, I can only skate Thursday. Let's skate. So I'll still have the opportunity to, to skate a ton. That's awesome. And tell me, when you go to the gym, do you do you have any like do you try to train to get better at skating too or when you train it's mainly like your just regular fitness routine without even thinking about skating? Um, like I said, if I if I know I'm going to have like a, a weekend trip of skating, I'm not going to do legs all weekend because then I'll be dead for skating. But when I started lifting, the whole point of it still there yeah here can you hear me oh there you are um the whole thing for me when i started lifting was i wanted to get bigger because i've always been a really tiny skinny dude and i just i got tired of it i wanted to get bigger <laughs> but getting into fitness and health you just end up you know diving deep into it so now i like try to eat very healthy and you know you feel better because of it and It just becomes a, I don't want to say an addiction, but it just becomes something like skating where you're passionate about and you want to learn all about it. So um, there's been times when I was living um, uh, in Pennsylvania working for that bodybuilding company. I hadn't skated a lot during that time, so I knew I wanted to start skating again. So I did like more cardio and I did more leg exercises that helped me and kind of, um, I don't know, just kind of getting better general physical did you, shape. Did you felt any so, difference? Did you felt any difference in your skating? You know what's crazy? And I I felt it, and I've actually had people comment on it. When I got more weight and a little more top-heavy and, like, fuller because I was just a skinny dude, um, even my best, best friend Josh that I was just talking about, him filming me, he was like, you look so much more solid now because your body has kind of filled out. Mm -hmm. And when you land, you kind of land with, like, a more, you know, more weight so it seems more solid. Okay. So that's cool. That makes sense. <laughs> that's something I'm definitely not mad about because, you know, I, I love people with super clean and cool style. So Kind of like Derek Anderson. That's what everyone, like in those comments, everyone came and commented about Derek Anderson. And there's like Corey, my friend Corey, that just moved out of South Africa to Sweden. He made the best question. When are you playing a game of Blade with, <laughs> with Derek I need to get out. Well, and this is something that um, I talked about with him because I'm uh, 
riding for his bearing company now. Um, he skates with a guy from uh, where Intuition is, Intuition Skate Shop, uh, Chad Tannehill. Mm-hmm. And they both kind of skate like big burly dudes. And it's always been a joke between us that we're going to make a man blading at it. <laughs> but Derek would probably absolutely destroy me in a game of skate. I feel like the only thing that I could ever get anybody on is like a toe roll. Nah, man, you got those set slides and toe rolls on lock. So I think you guys have like... You know what's funny? I haven't done set slides in a very long time. Somebody, I saw Aaron Schultz uh, made the comment on Facebook of what would you get rid of first? And I would... I have to go with set slides because I don't even do them anymore. Uh, come on. Can you still do torque set slides? Like the spinning unity ones? Probably. No, no, just the torque. I, just I the torque. So long. Torque set slides. I've never been able to do torque set slides. Dude, I used to do them so easily. And like now, it's just to think of it. All I can think is just, nah, I'm going to fall forward. And I used to do them so easy. And now I just can't anymore. Even like just thinking about it, it's scary. <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm going forward like right away. Watching Kevin Dowling do them back in the day was I always know. terrifying too. Because I was like, what if there's a crack? Like, <laughs> Jul- Julian Baugh's spectacular. Dude, Julian Baugh in the Adapt video. I know. That's why you got. That's why you wanted to get so the Adapt. Huh? <laughs> yeah, probably. And the kid. That kid, Le- Levy. Dude, that's one of... Levy is one of my absolute favorite skaters. I know. And he, he kind of reminds me of I you skating, skating somehow. His style of skating reminds me of I'm you. I'm fine with that because I love that kid. I, I, that I love awesome. the way he skates. I know. I love the way he skates. And he kind of reminds me of you and they're like bold and all that stuff. It's just sick. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Man, I guess we're coming to an end, no? Is there anything else that... You want to tell us anything else that uh, I have one more question. I mean, and I'm okay. just, I'm just living life, having fun, trying to, to, to do my own thing. And I hope that other people will do the same. Just kind of, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big Robbie Pitts fan and I love that Robbie pushes the, the positivity because I feel like right now in skating, the community is the best it's ever been. Even yeah. though the industry may not be as big as it once was or in the best position, I feel like all of us that are left in the community love what we do. We're all older. We're all a little more understanding. And I feel like people should be a little more aware of that. And, you know, there's there's no room for, for negativity. If you don't like something, don't pay attention to it. Don't watch it. You Ignore know, it. if you're passionate about something, no. let it be known, but be respectful about it. You know, there's a big difference between being real and being negative about something. Yeah. So you can be realistic and, you know, tell people how you feel and have an opinion, but, but you can do it in a non-negative way. Completely with you on that one. Have you, have you listened to Chris Edwards' podcast that Mike Powell just put it yesterday night? Yesterday? No, I saw that, though. Which okay. I need to because, like I said, working for Chris and knowing Chris and his personality okay. is you need this is that. awesome. I love him. You need that in your life because that's one of the things that he said. That's one of the things that Chris Edwards just said in that podcast, and that is skating is in a better position than it has ever been. People keep complaining. We might not have been there with the Salomons and with all these Sorry about using Salomon again. With all those big brands trying, <laughs> people people understand why. Yeah, I hope they do now. But like, we're not. We might not be there with all the big money companies putting money into skating. But the ones that are here right now are the real ones. No one is. We need to appreciate the people that want to do things for us. Man, the real the companies that we have right now, the companies that we have right now, some of them. They struggle or they struggled before until they found the, they find a way that they want to work. And 
none of the companies right now is expecting that none of the company owners is expecting to be a millionaire but no, but most that. of them keep the smile on their face because they they're doing what they love to and when i mean they love to man you don't need to be the best at skating to sell skates you don't even need to skate if you don't don't get me wrong it's ma we are mainly skaters but even if you don't skate that doesn't mean that you cannot have a company what i'm trying to say here is if it doesn't skate i'm not com talking about any company in specific but if someone is in the skating industry but he, he doesn't skate but he's still here he went through a bad phase he went through a good phase and he's still here and he just deserves all our that respect that means something yeah that means something exactly and that's why like, well, i mean look at look at the you know look at the rosies and the k2s and the rollerblades still staying around when they could have done what solomon did exactly i respect all those brands like rollerblade wouldn't do anything because yes they would be on another group but especially k2 K2, yeah, they might have not they have been. No, they K2 might not been no investing. Be yeah, K2, yeah, K2 might have not been investing that much in the aggressive skating scene, but they never really left. And of course, they were making money with fitness skates and all that, but they never left. And Roaches, man, I respect those guys. And I was one of the first people. I love what John is doing, but I was one of the first people to stand out for Roaches. Like, hey, just calm down. Don't forget that this brand. We need them. They're producing kid skates. They're producing other types of skates that the whole industry needs. Man, if there's only three or four companies making aggressive skates, we will never aggressive. We will never have aggressive. Will never die. We will never have aggressive skaters if there's only that, because mm -hmm. those are usually not the first pair of skates that people have. They usually have and the I skates to for... learn how to skate. They need their parents to have skates, like just to go and cruise around. Let them decide what they want to do with the skates. It doesn't need to be tricks. Some people exactly. might want to do okay. Some people might want to race, but they need entry-level skates. They need kids skates. They need fitness skates, recreational skates. All these, all these things are needed. And when we go too core, we forget a little bit about that. And I respect. I think that's a big thing that has hurt us for so long. Is people wanted to, to kind of marginalize our. <laughs> you know, anti-spandex anti-spandex yeah and yeah exactly but the thing that people don't realize too is like when fitness rollerblading is doing great aggressive rollerblading will do great of course man. you know like you, you, it's a it's a whole thing if skating as a whole is doing cool and doing great and like people are loving it then all the different little facets will have more people getting involved man All I want is more people to be aware of what we are doing. And that's why I'm trying, like, man, I, I think you know me. You've, we've been talking a lot. We never really met, like, in real life. But we've been speaking a lot about all these things. And, like, I've been putting a lot of my time. I'm not expecting to get paid out of it. I'm starting to make a little bit of cash. It's obviously not enough for the amount of... It's great. Of, it's not, but it's, it's something that you would be doing anyway because you love it. Yes, that's the thing. I'm obviously not doing it for that. But the truth is, man... I want to educate with what I've been learning my whole life. I want to educate as many people as I can. That's that's what I'm trying to do. Obviously, I want to skate. I want to tr and try to somehow motivate more people to go out and skate. And it doesn't matter if they're five years old, if the kid is five years old, or if the guy is 55 or 65. Man, I want more people to go skate. And if they don't like to do tricks, man, let them go out and just skate the road in front of their house. 
they, the, the kid in front of their house might see it and might want to start skating. And, and that's how things go, man. Whenever you see I don't think people should hate on brands that, you know, are involved in more than just aggressive. Mm. I think that was like a big stigma for the longest time. It was like, well, it's not a core brand. Well, that brand that's not quote unquote core is still Dude. making aggressive skates and they're making their money off of other skates and still supporting our tiny little facet of rollerblading. Here's the 2018 quote from me. Uh, <laughs> if it's yeah. if it's here, it's core. <laughs> That's the thing. If a company is here right now, it's core. They're not in here to get money because it's not existing. Fuck rich. They're, they're doing they're, it. The money is here. The money exists, but it's just, man, you need to, you need to work for that. And that's how everything in life, if you want something, you work for it. It's man in 2018, things are accessible. People have access to what they can do to actually make things work. Go out and work. Don't wait. Don't expect things to come and sit in your chair. You know, if you don't do it, you have no, no one... excuse not to without, yeah. with the internet the way it is now. Yeah, man, money's not coming to your pocket just because you're good at skating or because whatever. It's just, you or need, because you exist. Man, you, need, you have to do something for it. Exactly, man. And I guess that's it. <laughs> I guess we're good for today, huh? We might we that's might a good, it's a good one to leave on is some, <laughs> some Gary V esque motivation. <laughs> well okay, let's 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 finish this one with your favorite quote ever. That one hundred and ten percent would be my dad. Uh, my dad has always said positive equals positive. And for the longest time, I kind of got that. You know, I understood the basis of it. But, you know, the past few years, it's it's really made sense. And, and that's something that I appreciate him always kind of pushing in my life is, you know, always be a good person, always be positive. And it may not seem like it at that moment, but good things will always come back to you and positive things will always come back to you. Stay positive. That's amazing. I can see a tattoo with that. <laughs> Just a plus equal plus. I My parents are rad. I love it, man. <laughs> I really love it. Okay, man. Stefan, it was awesome to have this skate yeah, talk. Man, I and I'm, it. I'm like, sure all, all we're going to. people that you've talked to to be included with them, like that's, that's kind of an honor for me to, you know, be included with the people you've talked to previously. So yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. No, nah, man. After, like, just an example, after you posting what you did yesterday, the amount of people that engage with that thing, that, that just means how much the whole skating industry likes you and how much the whole skating industry respects and they look at what you're doing. So sometimes I'm the type of person that wants to be friends with everybody. So I'm, I'm all for it. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's what we need more. <laughs> okay. So we're done. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Huh? <laughs> and we're going to keep in contact. I hope to see you one day soon. We might even meet in oh, South Africa, we, we Europe, America, whatever. More and more about our, our social media interests, for sure. <laughs> no, but maybe in real life, one day, we'll find a way. This, I keep saying the same. Yeah, that, would, that would be great. I keep saying the same. And the skate world is it's small, but small in a good way. I'm pretty sure there will be uh, opportunities for us to meet and maybe a part two <laughs> in real life. I would love it. Okay, man. That'd be great. Thank you so much, huh? Hey, thank you. Appreciate it, man. It was awesome talking Have to you. Have a I'm nice sure week. I'll talk to you soon, too. Cheers, man. Thank you. You too, brother. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Cheers. And that was it. Now you know 
why Stefan Bretto is skating with other brand other than Roche, other than Razors. Roche is in the future fellow right now. Well, we'll see what he chooses to skate. But what I really want you to get from this old skate talk is the positivity in this guy. We need more of this. I keep saying the same. So for me, this will this was all worth it. Just the whole positivity about this talk. And what can I tell you? I hope you guys enjoyed this one. If you did enjoy this one, do not wait, 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 wait. <laughs> That's a good one. Did you hear this noise? There was Richie Isler. Just send me a message. That's cool. Okay, I can't really tell you what Richie Isler sent me the message about right now. But it's cool. It's a cool thing for the skating industry. Anyway, I'm going to finish this skate talk right now. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. If you did enjoy this one, do not forget to subscribe to this channel. If you're subscribed to this channel, you're helping me somehow. It's just, I put so much time into this. Having more subscribers is, doing, is giving more power to this channel, which in the end, I'm hoping that it's giving more power to inline skating. Then, if you didn't like the video, you can give me some thumbs down. But if you like it, give me some thumbs up. It's the same again. It's going to give some more power to this channel. And, just like I always say, don't forget why we all started skating. Because it's fun. Cheers, guys, and see you soon. Vou viver até quando...